0: Well, I am excited today at all of our locations. Uh, I've already had some time just to spend with Daryl Strawberry uh, backstage. I just love his heart. A man of God, a man who loves God, a man with an incredible comeback story. And I'm excited to have him on stage today. I'm just going to spend a few moments interviewing Daryl. And then I want you to know Daryl is a preacher of God's word. And I'm going to turn Daryl loose to share his story and to deliver God's word to you today. Would you put your hands together and give a welcome to Pastor Daryl. Come on, you can do better than all of our locations. Strawberries in the house today. Welcome, Daryl. Good to be with you, brother. (laughs) Great to have you here. Thanks. thanks, Thank you, guys. Well, great to have you in Oklahoma City. You been to Oklahoma City before? I have, but it's cold. (laughs) It's It's good to be here, though. It's coming from Florida. uh, Orlando, Florida. Yeah, coming from
1: the warm weather. But, um, you know, you got to come here and and you got to go everywhere to do God's will. Amen. That's what's
0: important. Amen. Amen. Well, Darrell, I just want to ask you a couple of questions about your baseball career before you share God's word and your incredible story and testimony. I'm just curious, what is your greatest memory, World Series or playing baseball? What is the, if you said, you know, this is probably the best memory I have, the best game I had playing baseball, what would you say?
1: Well, there's a lot of things I did accomplish as a baseball player, but I think the most important thing is when you learn to win winning is everything. And I think players play uh, not to just have a bunch of stuff, but you play to win. You want to eventually get to that place where you're able to win. And I was very successful uh, to be able to do that and very fortunate to be on some really good ball clubs and ended up winning four championships. So it was a great experience, more than anything else, you know, because, you know, I hit a lot of home runs, i have done a lot of things, had trophies, but to celebrate with a team and, and win. And it's the same thing with life, you know, where, where we need to get, we need to learn how to win in life, no matter what, what's in front of us, because the challenge is always in front of you. But winning
0: was just so incredible, and I'm always grateful for that. That's awesome. What would you say, out of all the, the four championships you won, is there one that sticks out the most Are they your favorite team? Would you, or would you dare <laughs> to even say that, you know, because your other players would be like, really, I know, I no. no, no, no. <laughs> you, they, they'd yeah. be like that all the time. They'd be like, really? You know, because I played with the 98
1: Yankees, and, you know, that was really a great team. And I played with the uh, 86 Mets, you know, which really was an awesome team because that was my first championship. And being able to play with uh, those two teams, they kind of compare which team was better. And I would always say the 86 Mets because we were not afraid of anybody. You know, it's a big difference, you know, if we were kind of bad boys, you know, we, really, we were really out there, you know, we would really make it happen, and, and we just went to any length to get to the place where we would win ball games. and that's really what's important, uh, what's was important for us, and, and I just thank God for it, because I learned that from baseball, and, and, and through everything else, you know, it, it taught me how to win in life, too.
0: That's so awesome. Y'all, four championships. Isn't that awesome? Four that's championships. That's pretty cool. Being in the right place at the right time. Okay, okay. I'm going to ask you just one more question because I don't know the answer to this. I didn't, I didn't Google it, so I'm finding out all stage, but I want to know. You sure? I, 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 I should have Googled it, yeah. but I wanted to hear from you. How many home runs did you hit in your career? I hit 335. 335. You should have Googled that, Pastor have I should have Googled, <laughs> Googled, Googled, Googled it. 335 home runs. Daryl. it is great to have you at People's Church. It's an honor for me to turn this platform and this stage and this pulpit over to you. And I just want you to open your heart up and share God's word because God has called you to preach his word. Would you put your hands together one more time as Daryl preaches God's word to us Thank today? You. Thank you so much. Thank you,
1: Pastor Cooper. It's such, a, such an honor to preach God's word. It's such a great gift to uh, know that God loves you no matter what. Um, Right where you're at, God loves you. God never forgets about you. Everybody else will, but God never forgets about you. Let's pray. Father, we love you, honor you, praise you. We thank you for all that are online, other campuses, Father, locations. Father, we pray for those that are here that they may hear the good news. Not me, I'm just a vessel. Father, use me. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Speak to the hearts of the people. Pierce the hearts. Father, somebody came in here wounded, but you were wounded for their transgression. Father, I ask that they, you just speak to their hearts and the healing will take place and they will know that you're Lord. They've been searching. Some struggling in other areas, they've been searching. But today they may hear the gospel and the good news that you are Lord over all things, that you love them no matter what. We bless this church, we bless the pastor, we bless the leaders, we bless all that are online. Father, I send this petition up to you right now and I ask that you will seal it in the name of Jesus, amen. Glory to God. Amen. Come on, give God a hand. Hey, you see, we have to learn to really be excited about Jesus. See, we get excited about everything else, but we won't get excited about Jesus. See, I was the same way. I wasn't always like this. See, I was a liar. I was a cheater. I was a heathen. I was a womanizer. I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. I was rich. I was famous, but I was a sinner saved by grace. That's the only way a man can get saved, a woman can get saved, is by God's grace. You can't save yourself. It doesn't matter where you come from, what you are. See, people look at me and they say, well, he was a great baseball player. Yeah, but I was broken before I ever put on the uniform. My dad was an alcoholic. He beat the crap out of me. said, I've never mounted nothing. Came home for the last time, pulled out a shotgun, said he was going to kill the whole family when I was 13. Me and my brothers were this close to killing my father. See, it could have been a tragedy in my life before I ever put the uniform on, but I was already scarred. Anybody ever been scarred? Am I in the right place? Because there's some scars, some issues and things that we don't see from people and we live you know, these lives and we live and we think nobody knows about what people are going through. People go, go through real things. You know. My situation was no different. I went through real things, I went through real life. See, my pain led me to my greatness, but my greatness would eventually lead me to my destructive behavior. You see all those pictures of me on the screen with handcuffs on and in jail and prison. I I went to prison for addiction, T-17169, did 11 months in the Florida State Prison, had cancer twice, lost my left kidney in my second surgery. See, God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. See, see, sometimes we don't know why we got to go through, but see, when you understand God, you'll know why you got to go through some stuff so you can come to have a personal relationship with God. See, I got tired of being a hypocrite, pastor. Got tired of going to church just talking about Jesus, just knowing his name, but didn't know him. So many of us do that. We come and we know, know his name, but we don't know him. See, I was like that too. I just knew his name, but I didn't know his power. See, we gotta get to that place where we have a real relationship with Jesus. And some of us have to go down a little further than others. I don't recommend that you go where I've been, because God may call you to preach then. (laughs) (laughs) Something I didn't want to do, something I kept fighting God with and said I wouldn't do it, and told him I wasn't qualified. He said, no one is qualified. I'm, I'm qualified, and I qualify to call because I'm God. See, I can't do this. Only the power of the Holy Spirit can do this. Only the power of the Holy Spirit can speak through me and teach the word of God because, see, I've allowed myself to surrender and really, truly have a relationship with Jesus. See, when you decide to have a relationship with Jesus for yourself, he's going to show you the purpose of why he created you. This man is amazing. But I have to do something different. See, all... The success I had, I've been privileged all my life, lived behind the community gates, been privileged. My kids have been privileged, never been in public school, but I was privileged, but I didn't know Jesus. I was just privileged and had a bunch of worldly stuff. When I met Jesus, I became a man. See, I had a uniform on and I was just a ball player. That's all I was, but when I met Jesus, that's when I became a man, when I really met Jesus, when I really got out of my wicked ways, when I really turned from the worldly things and I surrendered myself at the cross and I yielded myself and made a commitment to follow Jesus. Amen? We gotta get to that place. All of us gotta get to that place. It's the greatest place you will ever get to in your life when you get to that place, when you finally get to that place with God and you lay down your life for real and pick up your cross daily. When you understand who Jesus is, when you understand, see, don't be like the, we don't wanna be like the Roman Empire. They didn't know who he was when they was hanging them on the cross on Calvary. And he says, Father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Then he says, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And his last words on the cross was, it is finished. He's completed it for us. He's allowed us to get up and do great things. See, I couldn't do this on my own because my sin kept me separated from God can I preach it? Yeah. Can I just tell it like it is? Yeah. See, because if, if I'd never get from that place of my sinful ways, I could never get to God because God is holy and God is righteous. So, God doesn't hate the sinner. He hates the sin of our life. So, I had to get out of sin. I was living a sinful life and I had to get out of sin. I was wondering why I was not well. I had stuff, but I wonder why I was not well on the inside. Because it was my sin that was keeping me separated from God. Somebody said, "Preach!" I heard that. (laughs) John 3.30 said, he must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, I must decrease. So what that means, that means I have to die. That flesh of mine had to die. See, when Jesus hung on the cross, they crucified him. He hung there, shedded his blood. They crucified him and he shedded his blood. That blood is clean. That's a sinless man. That's blood is clean. So when you decide to die, Galatians 2.20 talks about it. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, it is Christ who lives in me. It is Christ himself who lives in me. Once I decide to die, the old me, the old man that you saw with the handcuffs and, and all that stuff and arrested and he's dead. He no longer lives. See, he no longer lives because you have to die, you have to die yourself to be resurrected just like Christ was, because I'm telling you, he must increase what I must decrease, John 3.30, but you have to die like he did, and he had to go to the tomb, but the tomb was empty. On the third day, he got up. He has risen, and when he got up, he got up with all power, so when you die, you will be resurrected just like Jesus when you decide to die. See, the church is the most important place. We run from the church, but the answers are in the church. It's in God's house. Everything that you're looking for is in God's house. Everything that we're looking for is in God's word. Everything pastor is preaching to you and teaching you, it comes from God's word. It will liberate you, redeem you, and it will bring you into the greatness of who you are if you follow the commandments. See, the Bible talks about it, it says my people perish because of lack of knowledge. See, the reason why I was perishing was because I didn't have knowledge of this book. See, the reason why I am like I am because I eat the word now. See, you got to eat the word. You can't just come to church. You got to pick up your Bible and you got to uh, turn off the cell phone. You got to turn off the TV and you got to lay with God and saturate yourself with God. And God will give you something amazing if you do it. He must increase, but I must decrease. There's a decrease that comes on our part that we have to play. Let me tell you, church, God is waiting for you. You missed that. (laughs) God is waiting for you. God is waiting to use you for his glory. He sits high on the throne and looks down and says, I am just waiting for my people to enter in so I can use them for my glory. See, we think it's all about this stuff here and and, and, and what we live in we get consumed with it and we miss the whole point. We miss the biblical principles. See, this word, heaven and earth gonna pass away but not my word. Everything else is gonna pass away but this word, God's gonna always use somebody to come preach his word. I told God eight years ago when he called me, I didn't wanna preach. Fourteen years ago, I was shooting dope, smoking crack, and my wife was pulling me out of the dope house and saying, "God's got a plan for you." I said, "Why don't God just let me die here?" She said, "You're just not that lucky." <laughs> Some of you just not that lucky god has kept you here because god has a plan he has a purpose for your life and you have to understand that he wants to use you for his glory and for his kingdom it's, you got to understand when you come and enter into his plan and seek after his kingdom matthew 6:33 says seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness then all these things will be added into you god wants to give you his word there's power in the name of jesus some of us don't even understand this See, they thought I was a power hitter hitting home runs, but I don't even compare to what Jesus has done on the cross. My life don't even compare to what he has done. See, everything that could could have killed me or everything that kills you, Jesus already killed it. He's the only one who can kill it. No one else can kill it but Jesus Himself. So all those problems, all those situations, you think that he won't turn around for you. He will. If you commit to him, he loves his people. God's crazy about his people. We just a different generation. We just a generation that's been comfortable with everything we have. And Second Chronicles seven fourteen talks about it. If my people who are called by my name, that's what he talks about. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek and turn, God will do the miracle in your life. He's the miracle-making God. See, what Jesus was doing 2,000 years ago, the miracles he was doing, he's still doing them because you're looking at one right now. If you don't believe he's God, then just go back and Google me and see where I was. And he met me right where I was at. He met me in the pit of life to bring me to a pulpit. See, God is amazing. See, God is, he's not like us. See, he's holy. He's righteous. He's not like us. He's not like the, he's not, and and he's not like the scribes and the Pharisees, you know, who would point fingers at you because you're struggling, you're going through something and talk about you. See, he's sitting over there while they're pointing at you saying, oh, I'm going to use that one there. Baby, I'm going to use that one there. Because when you, when, you, when you go through the Bible and you go through the Bible and understand all the problems that all of them had in here, they just like us, people. Jonah, God told him to go to Nineveh to preach the gospel to a wicked city. Bunch of Gentiles acting like pagans over there. Jonah jumps on the boat to go the other way to Tarshish. God throws him in the belly of fish for three days and three nights. Comes out, Jonah goes and tells them to repent 40 days from now. God, God used one man, Jonah to go tell him, repent, 600,000 people get saved. See, all God needs is one. All he needs is one to say yes. Jonah had issues, Jonah was upset with God, you know, well, why would you save them? And he made sure that Jonah understood from this point on now, my grace is for all. See, we get to live in that grace. Jonah was a Jewish. We get to live in that grace. When you get to understand the grace that God gives you and and, you know, wake up every day, you need to worship God and tell him, thank you. Thank you, you didn't have to wake me up, but you did. You need to learn to be grateful because it's not promised to you, you're gonna get up every day. I don't know how long God's gonna keep me here, but I can tell you one thing, I'm gonna praise him. I'm gonna give him glory. I don't wanna stay here. I know I need to complete the work here that he's called you to do. You need to get involved with his kingdom, which is the church. So many of us miss it because we show up uh, when I feel like it, when I'm sad, when I'm happy, maybe I don't show up. You know, pastor, how it goes sometimes. But you need to start showing up all the time. Because if you show up, you're gonna understand the purpose of God and you're gonna understand how I can walk with this God. But if you don't show up and you straddle the fence and you're just hanging out, like that, you know, hanging out. Oh, he's just Jesus. Jesus. That's what we do. He's just Jesus. Oh, Jesus. See, no, he's the alpha. He's Omega. He's the King of King. He's the Lord of Lord. He was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for your iniquities. By his stripes, you get to be healed. He's the great I am. If you get to know him, you'll you'll fall in love with him. Hey, there's nobody like him. You'll fall in love with him when you start laying with him and you don't have to wrestle no more. You don't have to fight. You don't have to fight against the enemy no more because now you've been empowered with wisdom and knowledge. You know, King Solomon had great wisdom and knowledge he asked God for and God ended up giving him the riches of everything, you know? So God will end up empowering you and giving you his love. See, you know, when you come to this place with God, And all of you that are watching now, when you come to this place with God, you will get to become a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You get to eat from a land that you don't even know about. It's God's great land. See, they were talking about me. See, they were talking about me when I was a heathen. Now they're talking about me because I love Jesus. Just get over it. They're going to talk about you anyway. (laughs) Might as well just get over it. Might as well just get over it and follow Jesus and follow God's ways. He must increase what I must decrease. I need to get to this point here. The tomb is empty and he's alive and well. Amen. Amen. Amen? Jesus is here to rescue you from your sinful ways. That's what he rescued me from. I was a sinner and he rescued me. I don't deserve his grace, but he gives it to me every day. Because what happened? He rescued me. I allowed him to rescue me. I turned away from my wicked ways and my sinful ways, and I allowed him to rescue me. I came to the altar and surrendered myself for real and said, I'm gonna follow his ways. I'm gonna lay with God. I don't care what kind of friends I have. I don't care what people have to say about me, but I'm gonna follow these biblical principles. I'm gonna start living this way. I'm not gonna live any old way anymore because I did when I was uh, so successful playing Major League Baseball, the devil tried to kill me. He should have killed me when he had a chance because he didn't know God stopped him, and he rescued me. See, Jesus talks about it in John 10, 10. Jesus talks about the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. Abundant life is peace, joy, wisdom, knowledge, power. It's greater than money. It's greater than anything. When you get this, when you get a hold of this, this is greater than anything. You got to taste and see that the Lord is good. Nobody tastes like him. We got to stop. See, we've been eating all that hamburger. You need to come eat some of this steak. You come, come eat some of this real meat up here. This is real meat here when you saturate yourself with God and lay with God and let him pour into you. He's got something to pour into you, but he's got to rescue. You got to allow him to rescue you first. He redeems you by his blood. He redeems you by his blood. It's because of the blood of Jesus. See, I'm an overcomer because of the blood of the lamb. I didn't overcome by myself. I overcome because of what he's already done. See, and when you get to that place and you allow him to lead you and guide you and you follow the biblical principles, you become an overcomer because he's already completed it on the cross. Then he comes to restore you. Hallelujah. I love this. He restores you with his grace. See, when you understand grace, I don't deserve it. Now you can walk in purpose and power because you know you don't deserve his grace. So see, not, see, we have to understand that we don't deserve that grace, but he loves us so much, he gives it to us, and he talks about how my grace is sufficient for you. Right where you at, my grace will carry you. With all the problems, with all the struggles, with all the brokenness in our heart, my grace, my love will carry you. But i got to spend some time with God to be able to get the right information. If you want, some, if you want the revelation, you got to spend time with God. You're going to have to put that cell phone down. You're going to have to put that social media down. They don't have the answers for you. People get on there and they, they fight against each other. They don't have the answers for you. The real answer is in the Bible if you really want to be well. See, the book of John is so powerful, pastors, But the book of John is about believing. See, when you start reading the book of John, it's about believing in the miracles of Jesus. John 3, 3, he tells Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee teacher, unless one is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus was a little confused, talking about how can you go back and be born again. There's a natural birth, but the second birth is the spiritual birth. It's greater than the natural birth. Your mother and father was just a vehicle for the seed to get you here, but the spiritual birth is Christ coming into you and Christ ruling and reigning over your life and leading you and guiding you and teaching you how to walk this life out. Amen? John 4, there's no secrets of God. I used to think I was getting away, Pastor. I thought I was getting away with everything. God called me eight years, Go and say, close the restaurant, I want you to preach. I was like, I don't want to preach. He goes, you're going to preach. And he wasn't playing. And I looked at that one and I said, I don't want to preach. Because I know this is nothing to play with, getting in the pulpit for God. He said, you're going to preach. He said, by the way, everything that you were doing, I saw it. All you think you got secrets. He said, by the way, I saw everything that you were doing in your life. I was like, everything? <laughs> He's like, everything. John 4 tells a woman at the well about her five husbands, says the one you're living with now is not your husband. And he said that water in that well that you drink from, you're going to always get thirsty. But this living water I give to you, you'll never thirst again. John 8, the woman caught in adultery, the scribes and the Pharisees pointing at her like the society today. We point at each other's sins. They point at her sins. Jesus was just so cool. He was just hanging out, stooping down, stirring in the sand. He just looked, probably looked up and said, thank you. These guys don't even know who I am. Because they wanted to stone her because she was caught in adultery. And he said to them, he who is without sin cast the first stone. From the oldest to the youngest, dropped their stones and walked away. Because we all fall short. Don't look at somebody else because we don't know their struggle, we don't know their pain, because we all got it. Look at ourselves and let God restore you to wholeness and righteousness. He's got the perfect plan for you. He's sitting and waiting for you to restore you, to give you all that he needs to give to you. And sometimes it's not stuff. See, we get consumed with stuff. You know, I had a bunch of stuff, but I had nothing. It wasn't until I met Jesus. I I didn't want to be an athlete no more and and one talking about hallelujah, praising God, and don't even know God. Just saying God, they don't even know God and living in the old kind of way. I I don't want to ever be like that again, ever be a hypocrite anymore. So what I had to do, I had to make a commitment to God and I had to trust God. See, we trust everything else, right? We get up there and we we, we trust what they're saying on the television and the news, but we won't trust this Bible. And this is the greatest book you'll ever pick up and read. I don't know what took me so long. Don't wait like I did so long. Make a, make a change today. Make a commitment to God. God is so amazing. God loves you so much. See, people look at me and they think, wow, this guy was a mess. Yeah, I was broken. Just like they all were in the Bible. Moses couldn't speak, had an anger problem, killed Egyptian, but God used him because of his meekness and he walked and the Israelites could have been in the promised land in 11 days, but they complained so much God sent them in the wilderness for another 40 years. Some of you could be in the promised land right now. What are you waiting for? Don't wait, don't be like the Israelites, 430 years of slavery, don't wait in bondage And Moses leading them out, part of the Red Sea and they see the miracle and two million go through the Red Sea and Pharaoh and his army drown in the Red Sea and they still complain. All you got to do is get in action, get serious, get involved, get involved with your local church here, get involved, find out where you fit in and participate. Because let me tell you something, it's a place for everybody in here. It's a place for everybody in here. God's just waiting for you to get up. God's waiting for you to get into his plan. How can I serve? How can I help? How can I make a difference? See, when you get in God's work, God takes care of everything for you. When you get in God's will, He takes care of everything. When you get in God's purpose, He takes care of everything. You don't lie. When you get in God's plan, He takes care of everything for you because He's God. But you got to get in to the purpose of God's plan for you. What's God's plan? Purpose. Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know all things work together for the good of him, who love the Lord to those called according to His purpose. When you know that you're called according to His purpose, there's nothing else. He's got the perfect plan. He's waiting on you. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't keep waiting and saying, Well, my life is this. Well, you know what? You're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to trust Him. I had to trust God. Everybody was gone, the money was gone. When I started 14 years ago on, on this journey, I was. million in debt and didn't have a driver's license. God's got a great sense of humor. (laughs) And he got me out of debt and got me out of everything and restored me. He's got a great sense of humor because I committed to him. See, God is not worried about what he can get to you. He's worried about what he can get through you. He's got to get something through you the miracle of one's life. And as I get to coming down to the end, the Book of John, that's why I was in it so much. It's just so powerful, the, the miracles, the Book of John and all these different things happen. And then you go to John 5 and you go to the pool of Bethesda and the angels would stir up the pool and people were lame that were lame and had problems would get in. And this one particular man sat there, he was paralyzed. He sat there for 38 years in a condition. How long have you been sitting? Jesus didn't ask the man about his condition because Jesus already knew his condition. Jesus is not asking about your condition because he already knows your condition. You know what Jesus is asking you today, just like he asked that man? He asked that man one thing, do you want to be well? That's what he asking you, do you want to be well? Do you want to be free? See, because nobody can free you but Jesus. You can keep trying everything, because I tried it all. It wasn't until I tried Jesus, and He set me free. But I had to trust Him. I had to trust the process. There's a trusting process that has to take place. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. He will direct them, He will direct them, He will direct them. You got to trust Him, you got to trust Him. You got to make that decision. That man that sat at that pool for 38 years with that condition, Jesus never asked him, he asked him, do you want to be well? He says, sir, every time I try to get in, he's not talking about sir. He's not talking about excuses. Stop with it. He says, do you want to be well? So all he's asking, you. today, do you want to be well? You know who you are. The Holy Spirit has spoke to your heart. And then the man finally said, yes, Jesus told him, pick up your bed and walk. Made him well immediately like that. That's what he does. When I finally said yes, there was a process. She started making me well. I had to walk it out. Everybody was gone. Now they're all talking about me, talking about, look at him. Yeah, look at me. I found the king, I found the Messiah. Yeah, that's you. That's you, that's you online. He's speaking to your heart. Make a decision today. Enough's enough. I want to be well. God loves you. Nobody's going to love you like Jesus. Not my wife, not my kids. Nobody's going to love you like Jesus. He's the great love that I ever found in my life. I've never found anything like it. What a man. What a such a
0: humble man that he would go to the cross for you and he would love you.